How will we do it? How will we end this explosive song of vice and ire in just one half-hour episode? Through the magic of tales, of course. Tales of the Extraordinary! And what a song it has been, folks. Randolph Moon, silent screen star, fulfilling his life's dream of filming a talking motion picture musical. Little Dicky and his companions caught up in the plans and runaway train of the notorious Gentleman Thief. And of course, Officer Sullivan risen through the prison hierarchy of Sing Sing to become kingpin of criminals. What are you doing? Looking for some booze. I'd have thought you'd have a makeshift distillery up by now. I did, but they took it down. Don't worry, though. We have plans to... Wait, no! What the hell are you doing here, Unknown? I told you. I couldn't let you have all the fun. A lawman surrounded by hundreds of trapped prey practically begging for the strong arm of justice to squeeze them till they burst like over... Stop it! Just, Just stop. That's not what's going on. Oh, I see. You've gone native, is that it? I saw that happen when I was in Alcatraz. Don't worry, Mike. I'm here to cure you. But first, the booze. How did you even know I was here? I've been trying to call Gatsby for weeks. Yeah, Gats has been staying with me while you've been gone. He and Kitty have bonded. That's, a, uh, That's odd. I knew you were here because of the papers, of course. What? I... Oh, no. Archer. Who? That's nothing. I take it the Hearst papers ran the story of a cop imprisoned for standing up to his Canadian oppressors or some bull like that. Sounds about right. Can I borrow that pen? Uh, sure. Thanks. I'm surprised they let you have one of these in here. Well, let's just say I've got a lot of privileges in Sing Sing. I'll have you know that I'm a... Don't care. We're busting you out of here. You're what? No, I refuse to... Wait, are you picking the lock? There we go. Time to leave your cell, Sullivan. And just how do you expect to get past the guards and the security, huh? Easy. Watch this. Hey, you! Prisoner 24601! Back in your cell! Make me. What? I said back in your cell. Wait! Don't shoot! Ah! Gun acquired. Thanks for the distraction, Mike. What did you... You just killed a guard! With my pen! The staff here are as corrupt as they come. They're no better than the other scum behind these doors. You're mad! Always. Now pick up that body and throw him over the railing. No way! Fine. I'll do it. You go flip the door switch and open the cells. Oh, God! Go! Okay, okay. There. They're open. What the hell are you going to do? The guards are attacking the prisoners. Riot! Oh, oh God, no. Stop. You ruin it all. Riot! Please, no. What the hell's wrong with these people? No one's moving. That's what I'm trying to tell you. These people have changed. I'm bringing peace and order to... Look, somebody killed Officer Krupke. First blood, boys. Riot! Never underestimate the base animal instincts of the criminal mind, Mike. All right, lock it down. We've got a... Ah! Not so fast. We need this insanity to spread. I can't believe this is happening. Hey, hey, Sullivan, catch! Stretch? I've been holding pipes for the toilet distillery. Looks like we'll get to use them for some good old-fashioned god beam, huh? Stretch, come on. You were doing so well. What are you talking about? That was Herbert Stretch O'Donnell, sentenced to life without parole for killing his mother in a fit of rage in 1922. Really? 
Wow. Uh, how did you know? I've read up on every lowlife in this cage. What, do you have, like, criminal trading cards or something? Knowing is half the battle, Mike. What battle? The battle for justice, for vengeance, for... Hey! Sullivan! Someone shot Stretch! Yeah, it was me. Who? The unknown. Stop it! James Cracker Forlani got 50 years for armed robbery. You can't just shoot everyone you see! Of course not. I don't have enough bullets. Yet. You're ruining everything! I know. You're welcome. Now come on. No! We gotta slip out during the confusion. I'm staying right here. Don't understand. I'm happy here. For the first time in years, I feel like I belong. Really? Yeah. These guys may have had a bad rap on the outside, but they can change. They have potential for so much. I see. So, I'm staying with them. And you can't make me leave. Then, I'm sorry. For what? You'll thank me when you wake up, Mike. On the outside. Just hold it right there, friend. Where do you think you're going with Sullivan? Boss, it's that new guy I told you about. Please don't kill me. Charles Bateman. Security fraud. That's right, that's right. I'm not a violent man. Oh, my leg! That's why I let you live. Hold still. Oh! Why do you want my bloody pants? Just needed a mask, pal. Just the right color, too. What? Sweet Jesus! You're him! That's right, sister. Tell your friends. The unknown is coming for them all. No! Bet you wouldn't want to be on the train that left London bound for Kent County only to derail at Seven Oak Station. You may, however, want to be in the group that narrowly escaped disaster by sledding on luggage down an embankment. Little Dicky and his companions were just those people. And now, they have finally made it to Dicky's family estate outside of town. A bit worse for wear. It was wonderful, mistress. One moment, Isadora is on top of train, gripping metal in fear. Then I fly like a bird. Ow. Sorry, dear. You're quite heavy. Montgomery, could you help her the rest of the way? Will do. Come on. Once we get inside, take a look at that leg. Right, Doctor? Mm Hmm? Oh, uh, sure. Though, uh, I should reiterate that I'm not, in fact, a medical doctor. Less talking, more walking, people. Come on, chop, chop. Really, Broughton? It's your fault we're in this shape. And that people's lives were in danger, including poor Isadora. I was a leaf on the wind. I see it differently. I apprehended a thug, and the rest was pure fate. Fate? Why, you little... Now, now, just a bit further, Drake. Contain your ire till we are sure Mumsy and Papa are all right, yes? You know, all this could have been avoided if we'd just taken a car. I told you I don't drive. That's Ungawa's job. Who? You know, I am quite the skilled driver. Do you not remember gay Paris? But no one ever asked me, did they? We're here. Mumsy? Mumsy, are you here? Beverly! Oh... What was that? Isadora, you have something in your neck. That would be a dart, laced with a high dose of epimedium flavum extract. You. The caretaker. The gentleman thief. Dust. Isadora feels funny. What did you do to her? Poison. Actually, no. Nothing so indelicate. 
As the doctor knows, I'm sure. I believe the extract he refers to is an aphrodisiac. Well, I don't care. Nobody assaults my little petunia here, and I'm overcome with desire to mate with you. Get off me, girl. We talked about this. You will not escape Isadora's grasp of love. Villain! You dare enter my home and instigate such vile acts as this on my mother's traditional Moroccan rug? Just what is your point? Less talking, more maiming, right, Broughton? Come and get me. Drake, wait! Uh What was... Ah! What the hell just fell on us? If I'm not mistaken, that was a stuffed Andean bear from South America. Quite heavy, too. I wasn't sure you'd fall for the old tripwire booby trap, but, well, here we are. I warn you, I am trained in many forms of deadly martial arts. I can kill you with a simple playing card if I so desire. Dr. Von Kliegel, what a delight it is to meet you. I've been following your career for years. You have? Oh, yes. And I know that even though you frequent the Battle Creek Sanitarium and other exotic lifestyle methods... You have never once mastered any form of deadly fighting style. You're a devout pacifist, I believe. Drat! Doctor, do something? I I think Dickie is out. Why are you doing this, good sir? It seems like an excessive amount of trouble for just a simple robbery. Ah, how observant of you. Have no fear, I am planning to relieve them of at least some of these treasures. But... I could have done so at any time. After all, a bedridden soldier and a daft old bat aren't much of a challenge. Of course not. You are here for Dickie? Close. Doctor, don't talk with the man. Can you reach my pistol? It's right there. Uh-uh-uh. I also have come armed. Did I ever tell you? Do not attempt to stall for time with one of your winding tales, Doctor. I am sorry it has come to this. Mr. Stavros said to make it seem like an accident, but... Adonis? I have never even met this guy and he's tried to kill me twice. I took his request as a challenge, you see, and thus my elaborate game. But alas... I will have to resort to simple violence. Time to say goodbye, Doctor. Oh, my. Oh, my. What in the name of all that is holy is going on here? Hark! A vagrant in my home. Mrs. Broughton, be careful. He's got a gun. I see that. Just what do you think you're doing, mister? Excuse me? You should be ashamed of yourself. Please, uh, Miss Vavroa. Oh, dear. Are they fornicating on my rug? This does not concern you, ladies. I suggest... Like hell, it does not. Invading this poor old lady's home and dropping a big, ugly bear thingy on her son. I assure you... While his father lay dying in the other room. How do you sleep at night? Quite well, thank you. Sure? In your bed of children's tears, am I right? Miss Vavrilla. We have enough troubles in this great big world that we don't need petty criminals like you making it worse. Petty? Madam, I'll have you know I'm a gentleman. The gentleman thief. Well, that's an oxymoron if ever I heard it. You were holding a gun at an unarmed old man. Oh, that's me. What's so gentlemanly about that, huh? 
I assure you this is not my usual modus operandi. You aren't fooling anyone, mister. You're not just lying to me. You're lying to yourself. Well, I... For shame, sir. For shame. What would your own mother say, huh? You killing a woman's son in cold blood right in front of her eyes as her beloved husband lay on death's door. I believe she means to say, at death's door. Proper grammatical structure is... Not now, Mr. Doctor, sir, ma'am. I seem to have lost my way. This isn't really like me at all. I tell you what, you just put that gun down, and you walk out of here, and we'll pretend this never happened, yeah? What? Really? My face, madame, is red. I see now that I was blinded by my own pride and ambition. In my desire to please those who hold power, I I was willing to set aside my own beliefs. I am indeed ashamed. Oh, come here, you. Give us a hug, okay? Uh, I... Yes, I I would like that. Thank you. There, there, you Mm. just rest your head on Bev's bosom. Now just give old Bev that little pea shoulder and off with you, okay? Beverly, I really don't think... Shh. But... Shh. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you for your kindness, madam. Let us hope our paths never cross again. Now get out of here, you. Before I change my mind, yeah? All right. <laughs> Is anyone else confused by what just happened? Isn't it simple, good doctor? Our young friend here just saved your lives. Um, doctor... And you, copulating like beasts while your friends were in danger. Your faces should be just as red as his. By Jove, it looks to be quite scarlet as we speak. Yes, that's from the crushing weight of Isadora. I think she's asleep. Speaking of which, would you please wake up my useless son? It's nearly tea time. Chop, chop. Like mother, like son, eh? We'll return to our tale after this word from our kind sponsor. Are you tired of having mountains of books clogging up your house? Are your neighbors accusing you of being a hoarder? Have you run out of space for all of your bookshelves and have started carving holes into the walls? Perhaps you need to be rid of your books. Now, welcome, straight from the Amazon, the mysterious Amazon Kindling Fire Book Burner. In the Amazon, we know a lot about kindling. There's sticks everywhere. Why not burn your books with our Amazon Kindling? All you need is to provide your own fire. Here is how it works. I've taken your books. These words, I don't understand them. I'm going to light it on fire. Isadora, want a boat? I have lit the boat on fire. Maps are for the weak. I will guide you to space efficiency in your home. So you can burn your books, your maps, your scrolls, your toilet paper, anything burnable and made of wood. I've lit the commercial on fire. Buy your own Amazonian kindling to keep in your nook. And now let's have no more interruptions. As our tale winds down somewhere in New York State. What? Where? 
Uh, oh. Welcome back, Mike. Steven? Archer, where am I? A real hospital. You mean I'm... Uh... On the outside, yeah. What happened? Last I remember, the, the unknown... It... Yeah, the doctor said you might not know. Said a little memory loss is typical after blunt head trauma like that. You're lucky. How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, three? Uh-oh. Oh, God, what? Ah, I'm just joshing your kid. You're good. Speaking of which, here. What's this? My badge. That's right. You're a free man. You did it, huh? You got me exonerated, like you said you would. Sure did. Becknell ran it in New York papers. Hearst picked up the story, and next thing you know, there were protests at the Capitol. No one wants to piss off coppers, Mike. I don't know what to say. Eh, don't say anything. Hell, I don't know if they were mad because of who you are, or because you were arrested for assaulting the Canuck. Not a lot of Canadian lovers down here. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks anyway. Uh, don't thank me, pal. Thank your guardian angel. Who? Some unknown guy who dragged you out of that riot and left you here at the hospital. If you would have been left in Sing Sing, you would have wound up as dead as the dodo. Let me guess. Mysterious masked man. Yeah. How'd you know? I didn't. No one knows. The unknown. I said the future is unknown, boy. Where does Randolph Moon go from here? My life's dream destroyed. Oh, I forgive you, Gatsby. The universe was just trying to tell me something, I guess. This is just my fate. I suppose I'll just drink myself into a stupor, living in a squalid apartment without a penny or a soul to care about me. Randolph, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. Why? So you can remind me what a failure I am? No, not at all. I brought you today's trades. I don't want to hear about the industry anymore, Stanley. I quit. I'm going to retire and become a... a... Yeah, yeah, a drunk. That's a career, right? Listen to me, Randolph. It's about your film. What film? There is no film. All just a pile of celluloid and broken dreams now. Oh, will you shut up? Excuse me? I put up with you through this whole nightmare so you could give me some time to talk for a change, okay? <laughs> Jim and I cut your movie with what we had, all right? You what? Yeah, and we released it to the worldwide distributors we had contracts with. We had to give them something. Oh, no. Now the world knows my shame. Not quite. Here, listen to this. Um, uh, uh, here. What Moon has crafted may well be the most biting artistic statement on the future of the film industry that anyone has ever produced. That it came from a shallow... Uh, well, we can skip that part. Um, here. Yeah. The film offers no title cards to explain what the actors are saying and apparently singing. Moon leaves it to the audience to construct the plot in their own minds. You released it with no sound or title cards? Not quite. Here, listen. No doubt serving as a critique of the onset of talking motion pictures such as this month's jazz singer phenom, The Star. That's the title we came up with, by the way. I like it. Go on. The Star contains only two short bursts of sound. A scene with a yapping dog companion, no doubt showcasing the folly of utilizing animals in sound productions. And the final shot, with a chimpanzee standing in for the silent film industry. Moon's character declares we've got a home again, leaving the audience with an optimistic view of the future of silent film. Perhaps they will never die, no matter how many Jolsons are thrown at them. So, we're a hit? Yeah! Well, not quite. Sort of. What do you mean? 
You see, we never finished the contracts with the domestic distributors. What? So we sent it outside the domestic market. Uh-huh. So we're a hit, just not in America. I'll take what I can get. Who loves us, Stanley? Apparently, we're number one in France. France? Yeah, they changed the title to The Artist, since some guy named Henri already had a film called The Star, but... <laughs> Henri! Right! And I've been answering calls all morning for you to fly over and promote the film all around the country. I'm pretty sure we can turn it into a whole European tour. Yeah? Uh... You don't seem pleased. Pleased? Stanley, I'm thrilled! You are? <laughs> Grab your bags, Gatsby, old boy. We're returning to Europe. And this time, we're gonna do it right. <laughs> Great! I'll ring the papers! Randolph Moon is back, baby! And the first stop is the Moulin Rouge! I have a certain homicidal wife I need to make peace with. Enter! It's me, Papa. Of course it is. What was all that infernal racket out there in the parlor? Ah, yes. Well, you see, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh. <coughs> I've given your proposal some thought. Of course. Wealth can do that. Mm, yes. You have decided to set your life on a noble path, have you? Aye. My colleagues and I were discussing it just now. You see, Papa, there are many bad people in the world. People who wish to do harm to us and to the less fortunate. Mm, tell me something I don't know. I'm a soldier in His Majesty's service. Of course. But you see, some of these people have extraordinary advantages over the usual forces of, shall we say, good. And in my travels and adventures, I have managed to meet other extraordinary persons who give the good side an advantage against them. Go on. <coughs> yes, well, <coughs> We have decided to combine our extraordinary talents under one roof, with one singular purpose— to use our talents and skills to make the world better, and to combat the forces of those who would seek to harm the world. We shall form an organization to avenge their wrongs, to bring justice to society, and to be defenders of the common good. Hmm. Nice speech. Thank you. You will, of course, be working within the law. Oh, certainly. I still have many contacts over at the League of Nations Police Force. Hmm. Good. Good. And a name for this organization? Well, Beverly suggested we simply be named The Avengers. Ah, like that perverted couple in London. S sorry oh, Wear a lot of leather. Who knows what kinky things they get into behind closed doors? Well, we're still working on the name. But, uh, does this mean you approve? Hmm. Richard. Son. Yes, Papa? I think you finally understand what it is to be noble. Thank you, Papa. Hmm. Enough of this blubbering woman's talk now. Fetch my will. The inheritance shall be yours. Yes, Papa, right away. Perhaps you can finally avenge my own mistakes in life, son. Do me proud. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh. 
And let us hope we did you proud in this final concluding episode of A Song of Vice and Ire. It appears a new chapter begins for our heroes, as Sullivan has been reinstated as a policeman. Randolph Moon enjoys his surprising newfound success, and Little Dicky and his League of Avenging Justice something or other aims to change the world for the better. Now, if you don't mind, I need to wrap this up and be off to France. Apparently enough of my narration and Mr. Moon's film survived, and I get to join them overseas! Swell! Until I return, stay tuned to EmptyC.net for the next season of Exciting Tales! Tales of... The Extraordinary! Henry Ford, who's this? Adonis? Adonis who? Oh, oh, Stavros. Well, how the hell are you, Greek god, you? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh, he, oh, he did, did he? Well, that's what you get for going with that gentleman thief. I, I told you, people like that have morals. You need something done right. You need to ask old Henry here. What, what's that? What's a Hydroplan? What, what's a... Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't say... No, that sounds like a sporting idea. Just sporting. Pour all our resources into a multi-headed institution. Sure, sure. We can change the world. Of course in our image. Who's else? <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you what. I know a fellow over here who could be in the group. Enterprising young fellow used to run a chapter of the KKK in Rhode Island. That's the Ku Klux Klan in case you... Uh, of course you know. You know everything, don't you, Smarty Pants? Well, I've only talked to him over the phone, but he sounds like just the kind of talent you could use. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, I'll give Adolf a call, too. Nothing like a little German efficiency when you're trying to bring about a new world order, right? <laughs> What's that? Turkey? The country? Why's that? I see. A psychic, huh? Psychic to the stars? Well, I never heard of her, so she can't be that good, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, f- fine, fine. We'll take care of her, don't worry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You take care of yourself, too. But not like that. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. See you then. Miss Tessmacher? Yes, Mr. Ford? Now, Sweet Cheeks, I told you to call me Hank. Yes, Mr. Ford. Fine. I'm taking a business trip. Get me a spot on the Majestic. Just yourself, sir? Better make it for four people. I'm bringing some friends. Very good, sir. And the destination? Istanbul, woman. It's time to take over the world. Yes, Mr. Ford.